Down Home Fear is an independently produced podcast. To support the show, visit www.downhomefear.com. You're listening to Down Home Fear, exploring true crimes and strange happenings of the American South. Hello, my name is Keegan. Thank you for joining me for episode 17 of Down Home Fear. Today's story is not a true crime story, but rather a true horror story. I'll be discussing the notorious Waverly Hills Sanatorium. This is considered one of the most haunted locations in the United States, but even if you don't believe in the supernatural, its dark history is deeply unsettling. Growing up, I heard stories about this place, and they absolutely terrified me. And now, hopefully, I can pass some of that terror along to you. On the outskirts of Louisville, Kentucky, separated from the surrounding suburban neighborhoods by dense swaths of oak trees, stands a five-story-tall Gothic structure. Planted on the crest of a large hill, Waverly Hills Sanatorium looks over the surrounding bluegrass countryside, a sobering testament to how far modern medicine has progressed in the last century. Sanatoriums, now archaic in modern America, were long-term care facilities where sufferers of chronic illness, most commonly tuberculosis, were taken to recuperate, but often the patients of these facilities would never return home. Waverly Hills began innocently as an elementary school in the late 1800s. By 1910, the United States was suffering a major tuberculosis, also commonly referred to as TB, epidemic, and this caused the need for a hospital to be built on the Waverly Hills property. Initially, the hospital had a maximum capacity of 40 patients, but tuberculosis continued to spread, and by 1926, the TB epidemic had become so severe that the facilities were expanded to house over 400 patients. In its final form, Waverly Hills' floor space comprised some 180,000 square feet. For reference, that's as much as the Kennedy Center in Washington, D.C., or twice the size of a city block in Manhattan. The main building was constructed in a sort of bat-wing design, with two large wings branching out diagonally from a center hub. Imagine if you cut a hexagon straight across. That's sort of what the floor plan looks like. In the early 1900s, TB was poorly understood by doctors. The common treatment for victims of the disease at the time was to make sure that they got plenty of fresh air and essentially 
hope for the best. Which is why Waverly Hills School's quiet hilltop vista with gentle country breezes was ideal for being repurposed into a large tuberculosis treatment facility. But there was another reason for selecting the location as well. Quarantine. Tuberculosis is a highly infectious airborne bacterial disease. It can be spread through coughs and sneezes, or even something as benign as a person with the disease speaking to another uninfected individual. If someone becomes infected with tuberculosis and is left untreated, they will eventually begin coughing up blood, coming down with severe fever, and dramatically losing weight, which is why the disease used to be commonly called consumption. Therefore, attempts were made to isolate victims of TB from the general population, for example, by placing sanatoriums on a quiet hilltop on the outskirts of town. In fact, because TB is so contagious, even the staff members at the hospital were required to live on-site in order to minimize their exposure to the public. Waverly Hills Sanatorium included dormitories behind the main hospital, where the doctors and nurses and other staff members would live. And to further reduce the need for interaction with the outside world, Waverly Hills even had its own gardens and livestock to provide food for patients and staff. It truly was a self-sustaining community. In the 1920s, Waverly Hills was considered a state-of-the-art hospital, and experimental medical procedures were conducted there in attempts to save the lives of the patients. The fourth floor of the sanatorium was where the main operating room was located. Procedures generally involved attempts to help a patient's lungs expand more easily, such as by implanting balloons into a patient's lungs or even removing their muscles and ribs. As you can probably imagine, some of these experimental procedures had over a 90% chance of mortality. Between the failed surgeries and the inherent virulence of tuberculosis, Thousands of people died at Waverly Hills over the years. The exact number of deaths that occurred at the sanatorium is subject to debate. The more creative estimates place the count at 60,000. The current owners of the property have a more conservative estimate and say that the number is at least 11,000. But historians have conducted archival analysis and have determined that the most realistic number is probably between seven to 8,000 deaths over the 50-some-year period that Waverly Hills spent as a sanatorium. Because so many patients were dying at the height of the TB epidemic, a so-called death tunnel 
was constructed so that corpses could be discreetly moved out of the hospital without reducing the morale of the patients who were still, well, alive. It ran from the first floor of the main building, approximately 525 feet down to the bottom of the hill that the sanatorium sat on. The tunnel was dimly lit and constructed of bare concrete. Bodies were placed on large carts and secretly moved out of the facility to be taken away and cremated. By 1961, an antibiotic called streptomycin had thankfully made large-scale tuberculosis facilities unnecessary, and Waverly Hills closed its doors. It was reopened shortly after, in 1962, as Woodford Geriatric Center, but was once again shut down in 1982 amidst allegations of patient neglect and elder abuse. Over the next 20 years, the property exchanged hands a number of times, with various plans to turn it into a prison, a church, and even a hotel. The remains of the sanatorium currently belong to Tina and Charlie Mattingly, who bought the property in 2001 and are working to preserve the memory of Waverly Hills and the unique purpose that it served in American history. They regularly hold tours of the sprawling campus and have partially restored sections of the main building so people can actually walk through the decrepit hallways and silent operating rooms. Because of the dark history behind Waverly Hills Sanatorium and its foreboding early 20th century Gothic Revival architecture, it is widely considered to be one of the most haunted locations in the United States. This reputation has been spread by a number of popular ghost hunting shows, as well as personal accounts by curious visitors to the property. One of the most famous apparitions is Timmy the Ghost, the spirit of a child who allegedly passed away in Waverly Hills. The owners of the property claim that they leave balls placed around the facility and that the balls will move on their own, which they claim is evidence of Timmy playing with the ghosts of other forgotten children who died at the facility. On that note, it's said that most of the spirits that haunt Waverly Hills are peaceful in nature. And I don't know why, but for some reason, I find that refreshing. I guess I just like the idea of a friendly ghost. But however peaceful the spirits may be, there are dark entities that are said to still be attached to the sanatorium. In 1928, a nurse hung herself in room 502, a nurse's station on the top floor of the facility. 
At the time of her death, it was speculated that she was pregnant out of wedlock, and this had driven her to commit suicide. Further adding to the legend, a couple of years later, another nurse killed herself in room 502, this time by leaping from the window. Room 502 is said to be the most haunted room in the facility. Visitors have said that they have witnessed the shadow of someone hanging in the room. Others say that they have seen the apparition of a woman wearing a nurse's uniform silently pacing back and forth in the hallway just outside of the room. I think it's safe to say that depression would have been very common among staff working at the sanatorium. Constantly being surrounded by death is not good for anyone's mental health. Personally, I feel like sites where there's been extremely emotional deaths or violence spurred by mental illness have a sort of unique energy and heaviness to them. I've actually lived in a location where a suicide has taken place, and it always had a pretty weird vibe late at night. And sure, part of that is just me projecting my own biases and fears into a situation, but it still generates a psychological reaction, and in that sense, the lingering emotional energy that I felt became to an extent real. I wouldn't be surprised if this sentiment was shared by many of the present-day visitors to room 502. The death tunnel is said to be extremely haunted as well. It's said that you can still hear the creaking of the carts that were used to transport the bodies. People also say that they can hear footsteps just behind them as they walk through the tunnel. The fourth floor of the sanatorium is also known for having a very high level of supernatural activity, perhaps because of the operating room where gruesome experimental treatments were conducted so many years before. People say they hear voices, doors slamming, and even see shadow people. The owners normally keep the fourth floor blocked off to visitors, which also adds to its notoriety and intrigue. Then, finally, we have something known as the Waverly Hills Creeper. The Waverly Hills Creeper is said to be a possibly demonic entity that is very uncommon to run into, but is said to haunt the upper floors of the hospital from time to time. It doesn't behave like other shadow people. It's said that it actually climbs up walls and across ceilings and is much more interactive. I found an article on Exemplar.com titled Waverly Hills Sanatorium, The Creeper, and Other Ghost Stories, written by a user who calls themselves Cryptid. And I thought it was interesting and uh pretty in-depth analysis of what the Waverly Hills Creeper is all about, so I'm going to read it for you now. The excerpt goes, The Creeper is a shadow spirit rarely seen at Waverly Hills, but it carries an aura of doom felt by anyone who crosses its path. 
This dark entity crawls across the floor and even up the walls and on the ceiling. To spot the creeper at Waverly Hills is surely one of the most frightening encounters a person could have at the facility. Many believe the creeper to be an inhuman entity, a malevolent being not of this earth, but there are many possible theories. Of course, one possibility is that the creeper is a human spirit, but its actions and the sense of foreboding experienced by those who encounter it would suggest otherwise. Most spirits behave at least reasonably similar to the way they would act in real life, but the creeper seems to go beyond the norm. Does that make it a demonic spirit? Maybe. Demonic entities are said to be attracted to locations where many human spirits linger, and Waverly Hills certainly has no shortage there. Could the creeper be an inhuman entity, feeding off the energy of the dead? Maybe the creeper is something else entirely. An ancient spiritual entity we don't quite understand, and perhaps never will. Again, that was pulled from Exemplar.com, written by user Cryptid. I had seen stories about the Waverly Hills Creeper pop up on a couple of forums and other, I guess, blog posts and stuff about people's visits to Waverly Hills, but I thought that particular article did a more in-depth job of explaining it. The article title is... Waverly Hills Sanatorium, The Creeper, and Other Ghost Stories. Regardless of whether or not you believe in the supernatural, it is undeniable that Waverly Hills Sanatorium serves as a grim reminder of days past. And if you're ever near Louisville, Kentucky, why not consider checking it out yourself? Who knows, maybe you'll find something completely unexpected. What is it about hospitals, specifically, that makes them so freaking creepy? I think I would rather spend a night in a graveyard rather than a night in an abandoned hospital, right? Am I alone on this? I suppose on the most obvious level, there's the fact that lots of people die in hospitals and lots of people who are injured and in great amounts of pain psychologically and physically are in hospitals. And that just makes them, you know, generally suck. It's not a place you want to be. It's not a place you want to find yourself trapped in. But there's more than just the death aspect. There's more than just that surface level negativity to it. For me, I think that it's the physical space, like the physical size of the structures. I I mean, go to a modern hospital. 
there's one not too far from where I live and I drive by it on the way home from work sometimes and it's just you drive by it and it's like larger than most college campuses you know it's so massive and imposing and then if you actually walk inside of it you realize it's this network of different hallways and waiting rooms and lobbies and things like that and it's just it's very claustrophobic and yet so large and oh man I don't know (laughs) I I could rant for hours about why I think hospitals are weird and creepy if you're currently in a hospital listening to this episode I'm sorry and I hope you get better soon anyway Have you ever had a ghostly experience? Send me your story, and I may just read it on the show. Email at downhomefear at gmail.com. Twitter is at downhomefear. And the Facebook group, of course, is downhomefear podcast. Do you want to support the show and keep downhomefear running for many, many episodes to come? Merchandise is available on the website, downhomefear.com. Buying it helps support the show. Telling your friends about DHF also helps support the show, as does posting about it on social media, etc., etc. All of these are things that you can do to help spread the word about DHF. Also, there is bonus content for certain episodes available on the downhomefear.com website. I will post some photos of Waverly Hills Sanatorium there for you to check out if you're so inclined. This was episode 17 of Down Home Fear. My name is Keegan. Thank you so, so much for listening. 